And welcome to Head to Table, the comedy podcast where every week two friends design a brand new tabletop RPG and then playtest it before your very ears. I'm Tom Snowden. And I'm Tom Rawson. So Tom, before we get into our design process, perhaps you could explain to our listeners what exactly a tabletop RPG is. Yeah, a tabletop RPG is uh, essentially a a mix of a board game and like a drama game, essentially. Uh, You're playing out a story with your friends. Normally you roll some dice inside what happens. Often maybe there's one person who is acting as the narrator of the story in some way. Uh, And it's just a great excuse to have a fun evening. Oh, that sounds wonderful, Tom. Okay, well, I had had a a thought this week for a for a design if you are if you're ready to hear my pitch yeah no i'm ready (laughs) but are you are you really do you want to brace yourself for this just saying that made me think of like how much i'd really like a dragon's den exclusively for tabletop rpgs well i'm sorry tom but um... this is gonna be a whole idea for a new podcast (laughs) um i'm I'm ending the call oh oh. sorry sorry i'm i'm ready i'm deborah meaden and i'm ready to hear your tabletop rpg Oh god, I'm sweating furiously now. <laughs> uh, uh, um, oh, uh. <laughs> I think we've we've seen very different episodes of Dragon's Death. <laughs> All right, listen, this is my pitch, yo. Um, so we've had a couple of of interesting episodes in in various settings, and I'm thinking the place we're missing at the moment, Tom, is space. Hmm. Yes. The wondrous frontier into the stars, the uh, the vast expanse uh, above us. Um, but but what I want to convey here is is I think when a lot of people think about space, they think about the freedom it affords and the and the you know the the vast possibilities that, that you have out there. And I want to get all of that in there, of course, obviously in this mm-hmm. very short form RPG that we're going to create in less than you know forty minutes. I want the vastness of space, but. <laughs> But <laughs> beneath that, what I what I would also like, all I ask for is the infinite possibility of untold realms. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to capture all of that. Trust me, <laughs> trust me. Um, but, but what I what, what I want to capture below that is a sense of um, of being adrift in the stars, in a sense. Um, and so, what I was thinking about was the possibility of being a hitchhiker in space. Mm, okay. Definitely. Never alluded to in any famous uh, book series. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, so the idea is we're tr- so maybe trying to step away more from this the classics sort of um, sci-fi fantasy series where you know because there's already various sci-fi based uh, RPGs. So less of these sort of bold heroes, instead more the everyman traveler type sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, and- that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. And I guess it's sort of the uh, the the kind of point of view of of like, you know, spaceships are expensive, like really expensive. And you know, if you're just an average Joe living on an average planet, uh how are you going to get to, you know, go visit your uh your your grandmother, your ailing grandmother on Zoltron 5. <laughs> that is really true. Yeah, the, the spaceships do seem to be like massively available to a lot of a lot of characters in these sci-fi series. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's 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 my pitch. I've okay, got to I like any it. further thinking than that, Tom. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I I like it. So, uh, one one thing that I was thinking is, have you played the the mobile phone game 80 Days? I have actually. Yes. Uh, I think it was actually you that put me onto that like a good few years ago now. I did very much enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Um well, the idea with 80 Days is that you sort of arrive at, at nodes around the world. Um you're essentially playing this this Phineas Fogg type character um trying to traverse the world in in 80 days as you might surmise from the title. Um and there's various like a uh, uh, sort of nodes that you stop off at. Uh, and then you have to choose your next destination from there and, and try and proceed. But often at these these nodes, uh, you have you have sort of random encounters, and also on mm. your travels, you can have whilst you're getting from A to B, you can have uh, various various situations as well. So I think what I want to convey is like a notion of trying to get from from you know for some narrative reason, you're trying to get from one planet to to another or, or whatever object you're on, a space station, a, uh, yeah. You know, 
yeah, exactly. You're trying to get so from it's one... moving from planet or station or ship to to location. Sort of hop your way to some ultimate goal exactly. in this in this world where you don't have easy access to your own ship to just simply get there. I really like it. You're just the the everyday space traveler. Uh huh. And countering all of the 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 strangeness, uh, the wonderfulness, and the horror uh, that the universe has to offer. Uh, oh, upon Tom, your, I upon love your it. journey. I got one idea already. So the idea of if we're trying to push push away from being these sort of daring sci-fi heroes and more of like an everyday person, I think it'd be good to try and like shake up what we consider like the traditional stat blocks in some ways. Because I think a lot of these ones are really like pre-purposed to sort of make very clear cut heroic archetypes. You know, this classic strength, um, dexterity, intelligence type of block. And I want to try and redo that for more, you know, traits that we can see amongst ourselves and our friends as well. Uh, mm. I, I wonder if you want to try help me uh, help me think of a few here. My first one I was thinking, determination. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, it makes sense for 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 the traveler to have determination. Um, and I thought like a gameplay way to to mirror what determination means is perhaps if this is like a um, you're ro- if you're trying to do something, perhaps if it's a dice roll for success or failure, perhaps determination is like the more dice you throw. Like it, it doesn't actually, if like, if, if tens are definite success and ones are a bad thing happens, you know, rolling more dice does increase your chance of succeeding, but it also increases the chance of like things going wrong at the same time. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, do you ever, do you ever wonder what your stats would be if you were a D&D character? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, 24 charisma, um, <laughs> just, just like, you know, I'm also incredibly wise. I'm just the wisest person I know. Yeah, um, g- g- give me a number to that. Uh, uh, 18, 18, 18 wisdom. Eight. Wow. Oh man, that's, that's quite a lot. <laughs> what, what, um, what about strength? Um, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really a strong boy, Tom. Um, oh, I, you sell yourself short, other Tom. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe an average, an average ten. Well, where, where are you rating yourself on these stats? I, I don't actually, I don't actually want to think about where I'd put myself sincerely. That's a, that's um, a horrifying kind of I existential think, nightmare. I think I would probably score myself as whatever you are, but plus one to everything. Right. <laughs> right. I can, I can see where this is going. <laughs> that's roughly where I feel I'm at. Uh, that's just me, though. <laughs> I would, I would, I'd accept that, but my proficiency bonus is like double yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom. I want to hit you with some more. I can uh, I can I hit? Oh, can I hit you with a with a with a concept with an idea I, I was thinking of? Yeah, do it. Which is the notion of I kind of want you to have for this journey a a kind of notion of like a a limited resource, so that so that like as you as you head out into the galaxy. Um, and you're, you know, you're surviving these various random wacky encounters. Um, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to conserve it or use it uh, wisely um, in order to get from from one place to the next. Like what I'm thinking here is like a resource like luck or, or you know, the you know drifter drifter points or something. But also, I was thinking maybe those drifter points could literally be dice. Like you're given, Ooh, yeah, yeah. So like, say you're given. I don't know, 12d6 at the start of the game. Um, and it's rolling those that, that determine your, your success or failure on, um, on, on various tasks as you go through it. But you have to, you can choose how many you, you roll, um, you know, to beat a number. Like the number might, yeah. be, might, be, might be five. And so if you roll one dice, that's not going to die. That's not going to do too much uh, for you. Um, whereas if you roll two or, or three, it's very likely, right? Um, right. But it's up to you to choose how to spend them, and you only have that many resources to get to your destination. So that was one I, thought. I, I like had. that. So what what would what would a task be? It's, are you th- talk, think about something as simple as like, oh, I tried to climb the cliff edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think. Yeah. So how do you lose? Is it once you roll a die, it's gone? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and okay. so you, you have to choose how many you stake on every single roll almost. Am I staking, you know, am I going to use up uh, all, you know, I'm going to use that. You can use as many as you want. So you could use all 12 dice if you want to on the very first roll. And but that instantly... means for the rest of the session, you're not going to be able to achieve anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. 
I like it. I wonder if instead we can't. I, I think that's a good idea, but I do think there should be an, a still something you can do when you don't. Perhaps instead, like it's always at least one die, and you can choose to like supplement it with extra ones. So if you do ever run Clever. out, you're still just rolling the initial one die. But I think that's really cool for like when you yep. need that extra little boost. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense to me. Maybe it's always like a. Maybe it's always you roll a a d10 and you have a limited pool of d6 that you can add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, and I suppose like, like the yeah the the narrative. Um, implications of this is as your journey is furthering you've got maybe less less food you've had less sleep things are getting harder and difficult you're not quite as capable as you once were things are getting very difficult as you're trying to reach the pinnacle the top of that mountain yeah exactly exactly that um that's really yeah, cool I like that. and also the notion of just just luck just luck failing you at a certain point i quite like you know i'm now stranded on this desert planet and i'm out of luck yeah with just like my bare wits yeah exactly left and the gods have forsaken me. <laughs> exactly. That's really cool. I really like that. Um, so do we want this to be a system where it's... I think because we're going for this more narrative system, right, where it's less about this big, correct adventure, it's more just the, the journey of getting there, I think it might be good to move away from one of these more traditional sort of um, difficulty systems where, oh, you've got to roll high enough to beat this sort of thing, and maybe just a, a straight you know these mechanics instead where you roll dice to get successes instead okay you just mean like a, a sort of flat yeah so i'm thinking something like oh if you roll a so if it's a, a d10 as a zero or a, or a six on a d6 that means oh, i've successfully completed what i set out to do but one okay. thing i would just spin because it's all about it's less about you know counting the hit points and using your, your you know special abilities and that and more about the, the story as it develops there was a really cool mechanic I remember actually in one of the star wars um, RPGs we tried out once uh, mm. where you could succeed at something but if a, another die rolled on a certain thing you did succeed but there was like an unforeseen mm, yeah. issue in some way Fantasy Flight RPGs uh, Star Wars series you're talking about threat and advantage on yes, top of that, uh, yeah, well, or, yeah, hit, um, hit, or, hit or miss so Exactly you- yeah I think it'd be really cool if that way you're setting up to you know if you say oh I'm, I'm trying to sort of you know reason with these people in some way and you succeed but also roll um you know a, a something that means oh there's an unforeseen difficulty perhaps they they do indeed sort of calm down and let you into the you know the cd bar or something but perhaps you know they they call in the fact that you're there and sort of alert people that might be looking for you or something yeah 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 that makes sense that makes sense i uh, it just it keeps this or sort of the pace and the story feeling quite unpredictable and unknown and, and and loose and fun i think yeah no it sounds good to me nice Okay, can I hit you with my super basic idea for how stats and rolling things might work? Okay, hit me. Uh, I think, try and trim no, it no, down. No, 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 hit me. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, I see. Anyway, yes. my basic idea. Uh, trim it down, I think, three basic styles of task, right? Um fitness-based so be that sort of strength or speed or you know something where either way you require something of your body Mm -hmm. um i think brains-based where you require something from your mind instead my mind and and then i'm considering maybe a third for like social abilities instead but i suppose you could argue that falls under brain as well right i don't know i think i think i think they are different i think it requires a a separate skill set to uh uh, to charm people i agree i know lots of charming stupid people <laughs> <laughs> and i know lots of yeah evil and cruel and malicious intelligent people <laughs> it's very true so a third stat then of just likability, i guess okay <laughs> and then whenever you try something to do something right. you state what you're trying to do and you sort of agree on what which those three things is being required and then you roll a d10 okay now a success is uh reaching the number that you have in that skill of fitness brains or likability or less so low is more in that sense so if i have three points in fitness and i'm trying to run away from a scary monster i have to roll a one two or three on that d10 right you with me yep a zero i.e the full 10 uh represents that a bad thing happens something extra bad happens yeah, no, okay. I appreciate that with one die, that's very sort of polar. Either it works or maybe or it doesn't and something bad might happen. But I then also want to bring in my stat for determination, where however many points you have in determination, 
if you want to, you can roll up to that many extra D10s with it. I see. Okay, this seems quite contradictory to the notion of having the extra D6s for luck, but I will I'll oh, roll right, yeah. with this, this, this plan. Continue. That's true, actually. Maybe we should strike out. I just really like having a sort of a, a, a gameplay-based uh, interpretation of, like, sort of a go get well, attitude. I think I think the luck is a little bit like that. In that, in that you have a pool at the start of, of these extra dice that you can roll. Well, oh, yes, yeah, so let's just do that then. But, let's make them D10s, maybe, and okay. just call it like the determination pool instead, perhaps. And like, maybe it, that is, it's that is how determined are you to, to, to reach your goal in some sense? And as the journey, journey wanes on, like you're sort of sapping your urge to get there is perhaps waning slightly as it's taken its toll. Okay, okay. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like it. So it's like it's like that time that you know you start off trying to cycle around the world, but you have a determination pool of of one, and you only reach Milton Keynes. Exactly. And you're yeah. like, you're just like, I live here now. I live in Milton Keynes now, <laughs> the worst place on earth. <laughs> That's not true, Tom. Birmingham's way worse. <laughs> worse than Milton Keynes. I don't. Oh know. man, we've just ostracised two key English citadels our, from our, our listener base. Yeah. Never our mind. Only, our only two <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I just really like the idea of like building a character who's like a really high fitness ability but very low determination. So even though they are like, yeah, this incredible cyclist, they're like, eh, you know what, I'm done. I'm very good at cycling, but I don't really <laughs> yeah. care to get that. As opposed to they're like, that cyclist is not very good, but my gosh, he's determined to do it. And so even yeah, though man. he might get that success because he's tried really hard by rolling those extra dice, there's that extra chance of that zero appearing, that, that sort of 10 on the D10. Mm. And like, Maybe he did indeed cycle around the world, but he lost a leg on the way. <laughs> was it worth it? We will <laughs> never know. In that sort of split second, my head was like, what happens if you cycle too much? Leg fall off. <laughs> it's a well-known injury. Well, you happens know what to, <laughs> Happens to all the Tour de France. It's like the, the primary Tour de France uh, injury. It's just uh, leg fall off. I cycle too much, you know, and uh, leg fall off. <laughs> okay, I think those are some... Good four basic stats. I also wondered if um, perhaps when you build a character, you could like have three sort of skills, and I mean like very granular skills. Like there's a tabletop RPG I played once called uh, Burning Wheel, where like Classic. the skill, yeah, skills in this were very like instead of having a skill in like uh, farm management, it would be in like I have skill points in building fences, or like I have skill <laughs> points in feeding cows, uh, but just some like something very. Three or three say skills that are very. I very like that. I like that. So, so I guess you maybe have to choose at the start of the game a, a background. Exactly. And with your, yeah, with yeah, your yeah. GM, you're allowed to choose like three hyper specific skills. Exactly. Like- yeah. And if you can happen to sort of argue their relevance to mm. the skill you're doing, I reckon maybe you can uh, subtract one from every result you have on the die. Remember, that's getting you closer to the potential to succeed. Okay. Like, yeah, well, no, you I got like a four, that. but well, you did technically used to run space track in space school. <laughs> so you can take one off your space die. Mm, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this, put space in front of everything, but uh, but sure. Mom, I'm space hungry. <laughs> well, eat your space dinner then. <laughs> Come on, sp- Space Simpsons is on at Space Six on Space Channel 4. No, I'm already sick of this, Tom. This is a terrible joke. <laughs> okay, we, we, we have our system. And maybe, like, I had some ideas for like, some other stats. Like, perhaps you could have stat points in, like, a trait of adaptability. And maybe, like, if you've got points in adaptability, that's how, me- how much you're allowed to subtract from your role if it is related to your skill. This is too many stats, Tom. All right, all right, right. I'll cut it. We'll we'll keep it to the three. You're right, you're right. You've got four already, including determination and background skills. That's true, that's true. Let's keep it simple. So I think that's that's the basic system there. Yeah, I mean, that sounds really good. I just want us to have... uh, I want us to maybe, like, revisit a little bit how we're going to decide, you know, a little bit the the journey and the layout for it and how how it evolves. Now, what, what I was thinking is that you know we have we have the planets, um, and you pre you pre generate or set up or arrange whether this is you know randomly submitted things from your friends or some mm. random generator. You, you get you get like a layout, um, preferably on a hex based grid. Ah, and so you, can, you actually want a physical sort of map in front of you to sort of see where you're heading to. That would be quite cool, I guess. 
Yeah, I like that. I like the notion of having a physical a physical map, and I it think does you make have it more to, rewarding. Yeah, I think you have to roll on the the hex like a uh, you roll one d six and divide results by two, and you decide you're always heading like left sorry left to right on your on your um on your grid based map your hex based map, right. uh, and the the three ahead of you uh, you get to choose. Uh, you know, you choose which one of those you go to. One to two, you go to the top one. Uh, three, four, you go to the middle one, and and five, six, you go to the the bottom one. Um, okay. Uh, heading forwards always. But what I'm thinking is on each each. Um, <laughs> oh, I, after you said that, I said okay, but I was looking at my drawing of a hexagon trying to be. Like, what does he possibly mean? And then I realised I had my hexagon on like a slight angle. So top, <laughs> top for me was just like straight up, and I was like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So yeah, point at top. I understand now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, point at top. Um, so yeah, you, you head across in that direction, or or in your in your design system, we can head top to bottom <laughs> <laughs> using the uh, the power of transposing the map. But, um, um, yeah, on every planet, you have an encounter uh, with your with your your GM, um, and. I think that you know this is this is one randomly you know like it's you know the the GM just decides a sort of narrative thing that occurs on this planet based upon the randomly generated setting and just describes like one like major scene that you have to get through um, where there will be some threat. You also uh, have to narrate what ship you end up on as you're as you're flying, uh, yeah. and the role represents which. Mm, you see, this is where I'm getting a bit. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm confusing myself here. What I kind of want is the idea of you to, to be able to try and choose a planet that you want to go to, but there to be some kind of uh, scene when you're aboard the ship to see if you get to that planet or not. Right. So or on the, on the ship like, that you've hitched on, yeah, there is some element that maybe you won't get to the destination you had originally agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I like is the idea of a planet-based scene and a space-based scene between each, between each planet. And it might be right. that you have to do like three or four hops, say to get to to get to the to get to your destination yeah yeah um and so yeah you have you have you know uh, a certain number of scenes to get through all of those you have to you can spend your determination points you see where we've kind of we've kind of like gone a little bit like uh different than i was expecting was i was i was hoping that we could use the determination points but if you ever ran out of them um like then you were if you ever ran out of them and then failed a roll that was that was it Oh, like the, your journey ends. Yeah, that's it. You're just stranded wherever you got to. Oh, what? The, you have that, to, oh, we can you still have to do that. How you live out the rest of your life on, uh, <laughs> you know, Jakku. I. Ooh, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I like the idea of just. Oh no, you you did fail here. But perhaps there is just going to be when you're about to leave a planet. There is some test that ultimately decides whether you manage to. How about how about something like this? How about how about instead of like how about the GM, the GM offers you know whatever narrative reason they want to to make a thing, and they say that this ship can make you know uh, can cross will cross um, you know four hexes say, um, yeah. but but let's say the number of hexes it crosses um, somehow adds difficulty to the role you have to make during the game like during the during the like the session the scene that they play out on the ship yeah um to, to determine whether you actually get to where you want to go or not um so if you says if you say it hops like four spaces then i choose a place four spaces ahead i'm like okay i'm gonna try and get there with this this ship but maybe that adds that just adds four to to whatever i roll so i have to get under now the number plus like four on top of whatever i roll right right so so you know it's way easier to go one hop but you know it's going to be to be very tricky um, yeah yeah um and the scene could be whatever you know you might make it it's a charm thing or a or a or a strength thing it's you know whatever it's, it depends on the, the the fitness thing it depends on the 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 gm's choice as to what, what that ends up being but if you fail it the gm just randomly rolls uh a d6 the same number of times as the squares is hopping right uh and then you go to so, the hexes. say that once more for me so you just ran so the gm just like randomly rolls the d6 yeah number the number of times the hexes it's supposed to hop oh, so okay. if it's supposed to go four then you roll four d6 and the idea is that the first d6 you know if you've got the hexagon you've always got six hexagons around it yeah just as the clock goes you go to that one on the the dice yeah uh, and then, and then the next dice is the same thing. So you end up randomly anywhere. Like, 
oh. best one to see. So in a sense, in a sense, it's like they've told you the number of hops, and it's more difficult to go that distance. But also, you can end up real randomly screwed if you end up if you go on a high speed ship, yeah. uh, and screw up your roll. There's also this real like uh, tension there that you might just end up be further back than you started. I see, yeah, yeah, I do like that. And also, like, if you're on the high speed ship and you, you've got you've already got this added number, you're gonna you're gonna have to spend determination, right, to yeah. get the number to get the number nice and low to to have a chance of doing it. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so I think it mostly makes sense. Um, but how do we die? How do we how do we <laughs> fail in this this yeah, world? So, how how do we die, Tom? How does Tom one tell die? me? Tell me how we die. I'm almost ready to play, but I really want to know what the most efficient way to die is in this game. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I, see, I was thinking this because we, we were saying like um, the idea was once your determination pool is out, then the next fail is a complete fail. It's like, well, why don't I just always keep one determination die then to never fail? So how about if like you fail enough times, so that's if you keep failing something, it's getting worse and worse. It gets to a point where your GM's like, this is now a deadly roll. And you say, like, if Ugh. you fail this next one, like, you are seriously game over. Like, the, the, the adventure ends. Simple as that. And then, well, that, that's it, right? Then you have to start yeah, yeah. using those Just determination keep dice. spending the determination point until I either dig my way out of the hole or, uh, or you know, bury myself there. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose, like, then that does raise the question, like, why would you ever spend them except for a deadly roll but i suppose you could argue- well because you're i guess you're trying mm. to avoid the oh, deadly roll yeah and right? i know you're why to- like the idea is if you're let's say i'm trying like talk my way past some bouncers and let's say i've got lots of points and likability it's far more in my interests to win through on likability than it yes. is on like my worst yes. stat of fitness yeah okay so i like this i think i think what this means is that like there's kind of a a narrative positioning here so you know as you as you go through the as you go through the game um you can end up being in these these runaway positions where you know, you failed so much that you're in a narrative position where, let's say, yeah, the first thing was to get past the bouncers, but instead I failed a series of roles and now I'm being held at gunpoint uh, in the bathroom <laughs> of this nightclub. Um, and, if only and, I'd know, put more roles into my likability. <laughs> I've insulted the uh, the casino owner's uh, mother. Exactly. And, uh, like you've created more of a jam that you've got to get out of. Like, you're going to end up spending, yeah. saving on, like, three deadly roles if you had and, only spent it one. Yeah, that makes so much I sense. Guess, That's I really guess cool. Could, Cool. Oh, man, this is great. Well, I suppose the other question is, how do we decide how many points you're allowed to put in to those stats when we start with, right? So how do, how do I decide how many I'm allowed to allocate to my fitness brains or likability? Hmm, interesting. Well, I'd, I'd say that maybe we, we, you know, like we have the dice um, we start with. So you start with a pool, maybe say 15 of your right. uh, of your determination dice. Yeah. Um, and you know we have a starting level for for all of the stats, like some number, yeah, uh, two or three, let's say that you normally there's a default you have to roll below, and you can at the very start of the game trade in your determination for uh for more for more uh, physical attributes or uh, or charisma or strength. I like just it. like just like real life, you know. I, I'm sort of, uh, <laughs> you know the fittest man in the world, but I, I can barely lift a finger for my lack of willpower. I've spent so, so well, much time achieving peak physical perfection that <laughs> nothing makes it. When I'm the strongest man alive, what is there to care for? Okay, I like it. So let's say yeah, you start with two in everything. I just I, think, I reckon maybe even one in everything. Or is that yeah, too ridiculous? that's good. No, I think I think that I think that is good and fair. And let's say fifteen determination dice yeah, to start. Yeah, I think with. that's good. Cool. Well, I, that's that's. I think I'm getting pretty close to to a game that I'm pretty excited about. Cool, Tom. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to head to table. Yeah, man. Let's head to table. Woo! All right time to play the game tom i will be your gm for this half of the podcast oh that's that's wonderful thank you so much so sure enough i've uh, signed into this really cool website sectorswithoutnumber.com and like i said it just generates this lovely sector a quadrant grid of planets and tells you all like ideas for these planets and stuff it's really cool and uh tom perhaps you could tell us a bit about the character that you will play i will be playing zayama rook <laughs> Ah, something that's going to be hard for me to remember, I see. <laughs> you may refer to me as Rook. Rook. Okay, that's far Indeed. easier. Uh, so he is a short, insectoid-like alien creature to, to us. 
he doesn't consider himself an alien. He considers himself just, you know, a normal guy. Everyone else is an alien. Um, known as a as a borrower. Um, and uh, I have travelled to the world of uh, Earp, much Earp. like your much like your Earth, um, except for it is completely flat. <laughs> well, that is what the scientists will tell you, but not me. <laughs> I am a true believer. It is spherical, an entirely spherical world. <laughs> Think about it. How a, would things drop to the ground if it was flat? You're a rounder. <laughs> yeah, people call me sphere lover, sphere era. You filthy sphere lover. Yep. Okay, Rook, and what are your stats? So, as an aspiring actor, I am clearly handsome, charming, devilish. I have have invested... (laughs) I hope you're you're settled on this voice, because I'm sure it's going to get very difficult as time progresses. (laughs) Um... Yes, I am. I am starting to appreciate that. If my voice breaks, then so be it. Mm. Anyway, I have invested four of my starting determination dice in likability, bringing me to a total of this voice, man. five likability. I can hear your throat going dry before my very ears. I have invested two of my dice in brains. I see. Bringing me to a total of three brains. Uh Uh-huh. And I have invested one of my points into my stunning physique. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my fitness of two. I see, I see. Okay. Could you perhaps tell me why it is that you're trying to reach some other location? I am trying to return home to to Baran. To Baran. Uh, Indeed, the home of the Baran. Where my ailing grandmother is upon her deathbed. <laughs> Not deathbed, deathbed. <laughs> You're a little insect I'm still good for, <laughs> I like the idea that you are still insect-sized. Mm. Yes, in, I mean, I'm not that small, but we do make giant loaves of bread for us to feast upon <laughs> as they, as they mould. Have you ever tasted the mould bread? We, that's where we lay our brood. <laughs> mm, indeed. I see. Well... Okay, uh, Rook, we'll do that. So me and uh, Tom here both have a a grid of hexes out in front of us here. Uh, And Tom, let's say that you're starting on planet Earp, which is in sector 0004. Mm. Yeah. Okay. This obviously doesn't mean anyone listening. This is just that they've referenced each one of these hexes. And you are trying to move to 0707. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hexes away. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I mean, yeah, Rook's never Rook's never done this before. This uh, this approach, but as an aspiring actor, uh, he's he's a little tight for cash at the moment. Uh, his he's tried to you know he's he's doing well in the improv scene, but uh, but nothing <laughs> yet to, to pay the bills. Um, and so he he's heading to the the spaceport with the intention of uh, of finding uh, the fastest ship he can. I think at this point. Um, but then he sees the fastest ship he can and immediately says, mm, I will go for a slower ship to start off with. Well, I would like to jump. I, I'm afraid you, you've come into issues already because oh, as, you, as, as, you've set, oh. <laughs> as you've set out with, you know, your, uh, you come down to the spaceport only to find like a gridlock of bodies here as there is currently a protest going on, uh, filling the streets against round earth conspirators. <laughs> Um, it's against the round earthers, the round earthers. Yeah. Wait, it runs the round earthers? Or the round earthers? The round earthers, sorry. You're in the middle of an anti-round earther uh, <sighs> demonstration. So it's like some kind of pro-science rally for nerds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> believe, that, believe that Galileo like, was correct in his appraisal. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They, there's uh, loads of them are wearing Galileo t-shirts, and the the protesters are waving signs and chanting, "Rounds for clowns! Rounds for clowns!" Oh, is there some kind of stage which I can get up on? You can see the demonstrators set up like a sort of a, a soapbox stage area, and they're just sort of hooking up a microphone ready for um Jill Fly. Jill <laughs> Fly. Jill oh. Fly. The science alien. <laughs> oh, no! My insectoid brother has fallen for the, the conspiracy. I used to love that show. <laughs> what are you going to do, Rick? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to approach, but given he's also a, a, a fly guy, and I know that the... Uh, 
the the Erpers are are really bad at telling us apart. I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, steal off a nearby other other person. Uh, some similar looking thick rimmed glasses. What was the name of this this Jill, fly guy? Jill, Jill fly. fly the science alien. Fly. Okay, the science alien. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that the rhyme, you know, the the the, the similarities stop at a very specific point here. Okay, I um, I'm gonna steal some thick rim glasses off a nearby nearby like person. Yeah, put them on and adopt like a persona similar to a uh, Gilfly the science alien and uh, uh, approach the uh, the stage. Oh, hello! I am here to give my necessary speech. Uh, a, a silence falls over the crowd. Oh, he- hello, everybody! <laughs> so what I want to know is uh, where's the proof? <laughs> and I just start launching into like my um the my favorite diatribe from uh from UpTube, Up YouTube. I'm like, well yeah, it's 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 just density. Now that's 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 the thing, not not gravity. That would be ridiculous. Okay, well um, I- I'm gonna have to ask you to make a, a likability test. To see how well you can sort of convince the crowd to your to your saying. Playing to my favour, yeah. I rolled a three! Exact so because you have five points in likability, that means you need a five or less to succeed. And sure enough, you succeed. Uh, and as you finish talking, there's like some slight murmurs, and eventually you can start to hear like the signs of, of conversation. You can hear like uh, a slight dismay to the crowd. It's like, well, well, maybe we do need to look into that. Uh, I think, I think I... I think I finish with like a, a line of like, so I think it is time we all go protest at the government building over there. They're lying to you. Hooray! <laughs> sure enough, they're like, he, he, he makes some good points, this uh, <clears throat> this Barra. Yeah, all, all right. Jill uh, Fly, he's, uh, he's a smart guy. And Alien, he's a, a smart, he's a smart, alien. he's a science alien. <laughs> and uh, they all start heading over to this sort of gleaning. Um, glass building that's the house of government here on, on herb why are you doing so um one person comes over and says uh that that, that, that was fantastic mr fly i, I was we, we, we've actually just finally uh managed to secure a ship to come up with um some some high-res cameras to t- take some photos of of this this um the planet to put, put to rest these issues once and for all we were hoping you, you would join us that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Of course, that's that's what I'm well known for, travelling with people as a journalist and a science correspondent guy. You, you get onto this sort of um, quite heavy-duty media ship that's uh, not designed for speed or manoeuvrability, but just hauling cargo, really. And sure enough, you get up and you pull into the atmosphere, slowly the... Uh, the oh, shit, it is flat! And, sh- oh. and, sure, and sure enough, the planet is actually somehow just a bizarre flat rectangle that's just spinning in space. Well, I'll be damned! I always thought that ships would just roll off the edge of the planet if that was true. <laughs> yep, turns out it's flat. However, as you look around the solar system, you do notice that all the other planets are, in fact, spheres. It's just Earth that happens to be very peculiarly flat. Huh. Well... Well, they take their pictures and they're like, "Well, we better we better get back to the uh, galactic capital. Uh, is there anywhere we can drop you off along the way, Jill uh, Fly?" Uh, yeah, sure. I'd like to go maybe two hops towards, uh, let's say, O two O five. Okay, sure thing. Uh, so you're taking two hops of your seven hop destination. Sure enough, you uh, are venturing along. As you go away, you you, you get to know you get to know the crew. And um, you'll get quite drunk one evening and uh, they decide to, you know, do a live broadcast. It'll show, show like, hey, Jill Fly's here. He's, uh, he's talking about his science that's, alien stuff. That's me. I'm really glad that there is no way we can... You're going to have to transmit this when we arrive, right? No, they're, they're, they're live broadcasting, um, li- oh. live streaming for, for everyone to spare. And this is going great until uh, the ship suddenly, like, shakes uh, and the oh. lights sort of flicker and dim. It's like, what's happening? And suddenly a voice over the intercom is like, Pirates, we're under the attack. They followed our live stream. They, they're after Jill Fly. <laughs> they're after Jill Fly. <laughs> oh, but, but I'm not Jill Fly. Oh. There's a sudden oh. crack. It's like the wall next to you, like the, the, the metallic hull of the ship splinters as another ship like plows in. And uh, a door s- jumps open and some... Uh, I want to hide. Let me hide. Okay, that's going to be a fitness roll. Oh god, this is not this is not my prime stat at all. Pirates have come to kidnap Jill Fly. 
Okay, okay, okay. I just have to roll a one or a two. You need a one or a two mm. here. Nope, that's a four. <laughs> um, do I want to split determination points? Exactly. Do you or don't you? Oh, the chances are so low. <laughs> okay, I will use one determination point just on a punt. Okay. That's even worse. That's a six. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut my losses. <laughs> sure, you're, you're grabbed, screaming as like the, the other members of the crew don't, don't even attempt to save you, and they grab you and, and haul don't you. Don't you off. love science? You said you loved science. <laughs> so you, you failed unfortunately to, uh, to, to, to stop being taken, and the pirates grab you. And so I think we agreed like as two hops, you're gonna potentially be two hops off course here as well, right? Yeah, I think you roll, randomly roll dice, and uh, and we see which direction I which direction I go. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to roll a d6 twice hop. to uh, make two hops from 0104. So, okay, you actually haven't gone too far off. You you've been taken to 0105 instead. So by this point, I assume that I have befriended all of the pirates. No, you've been you've been kept in a, in a in a cell. All your most of your things taken from you, except sort of the, the bare minimum you had. You peer through a, a hole in in your cell through a window, and uh, you can finally see the um, sort of humid sort of jungle uh, climate that you're setting down in on planet Alcas. And as you set down, you're hauled out of your your cell, kick and skim is still, and, and you're dragged out into a sort of a bustling <laughs> space market. And the the, the na- I'm not kicking or screaming at all. Rook's Rook's approach is just to become completely docile and uh, submissive when he's faced by stronger that physical seems, threats. That seems fair. Well, these like <laughs> thick, like hard skinned aliens are sort of pulling you around, and you come again into this sort of very um, humid climate as a canopy of tall trees above you into this sort of bustling space market and the there's multiple different aliens here but the main species you see is the the native species this sort of humanoid elephant type creatures that sort of walk on their hind legs um look oh. very humanoid have these big powerful trunks and tusks as well magnificent and sure enough the pirate skin goes we got here shell fly shell fly for sale I don't know anything about science. Ask me. I'm not Gilles Fly. I am the Amor Rook. I'm just trying to get home to my ailing grandmother. Your, your song and dance like gets quite a bit of attention, and eventually one of these creatures comes over and is like, oh, 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 how much for the funny little bug man? Just take off these thick room glasses. You'll see instantly that I'm not Gilles Fly. The, the, the buyer seems to not even know who Jill Fly is. Yeah, there's a, a, a small sort of group of people travelling with him, and he seems to be some kind of local noble of some sort. He goes, oh, he's very amusing. Um, I'll give you... Uh, you think so? Tw- I have been spending a lot of time doing improv t- lately. 20,000 credits for the bug man. Oh, I'm worth 20,000 credits? And sure enough, uh, <laughs> money trades hands, and you are now in the employ of your new master by the name of Trumpo. Okay, okay, I see how this is. And he says, uh, you, you, you will be my jester on my cruise liner, little bug man. What is your on name? A cruise liner? That sounds like a great gig. Jill, was it? No, 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 my name is Zayama, Zayama Rook. Here, have this headshot. Uh, oh, you can- thank you. I will use these for the promotional posters. Promotional posters? Yes, we're about oh. to set off on the cruise liner. We're doing a, uh, a, round, a round planet tour of Alcas. Yes, it's career opportunity. Is it, is it possible that I could maybe just take holiday for a couple of weeks while I go visit my no, grandma? No, I promise I we will, will come back. We will be leaving later than tomorrow. Uh, we, we, my cruise ship is the largest on the whole planet with uh, uh, space for multiple ships to land. Uh, we're going to do a wonderful tour and, and you will be sent to stay. Stage, young little bug man. Which direction are you touring, out of curiosity? No, no, staying on the planet, the cruise liner in the oh, oceans. Wait, I'm going to I'm going to make myself much less funny and be completely quiet for a bit, and when people stop paying attention to me, I'm going to try and uh, sneak away or undo my manacles or whatever I have on me. Or Okay, very well. Uh, take a brains check to see if you can sort of correctly identify like a a, a window to it to, to make her an escape okay come on mm. Mm. oh i got it i got a one nice you uh, you that's very impressive you notice that uh, a lot of the 
entourage of Trumpo uh, tend to all turn their attention to him very much when he gets a bit frustrated with something. And that's when their guard is weakest. And uh, sure enough, a point comes where Trumpo makes a, a big scene about his, his beverage not being cold enough. Uh, he does another one and so his entourage just rush about and you see a brief window there where no one has got eyes on you and you could make a dash into the market still if you want. Oh, excellent. Yes, I will do exactly that. Maybe, in fact, I will have an elaborate scheme where as the drink cart comes, uh, I, I, I vanish below the, below the, uh, the sort of um, the tablecloth, blade us across it, that, and, uh, and wheeled out that's from his... That's a brilliant idea. Just as this little trolley is moving across or selling um, drinks and chuck ices, you, you jump into underneath the cabinet and you're, you're whisked off away. And before, by, by the time you can, ju- you're just about hear the sound of, where's my bug man? Where's my bug man? Oh. But you're, you're, out of, you're out of the way. It's sad that I had to leave Trombo behind. He was the most, he was the most appreciative audience <laughs> I have ever had. Okay. Do I see anyone with like a, you know, hover trolleys, like pushing things around the marketplace, which, and they look like star captains buying, mm, you know, various supplies for their journey. Uh, yeah, you can see one uh, such figure. There's, there's, there's a human um, that you notice. Uh, it's, it's very sort oh. of burly looking, looking chap, uh, very, very sh- thick forearms who is carting about um, some canisters of something. I think I will, I think I will approach and I will be like, um, oh, hello there, sir. You should not be pushing your own trolley. This market has a, a trolley pushing valet service. Uh, if you will allow me, I can push your, your goods along with you and return you to the spaceport when you are conducted your business here. The guy's like, what are you saying, little bug guy? I push trolley on behalf of you uh, to make you have a nicer time at the market. Oh, uh, uh, okay. I didn't know we had this service on Allcast. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a great new service. That's right. I'm just your regular trolley pushy man. He's heading in the direction of what seems to be like a, a ship that's parked down outside the market. It's it's kind of like a, a a car boot sale, except it's a ship boot sale. Oh. So sure, you, you pushed canisters over. Uh, he, he's not speaking at all. He seems very sort of you know just happy to enjoy the sights. So and where, where are you from? Says, uh, my name's uh, Captain uh, Captain Glenn. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, pleasure to meet you, Glenn. Um, you you traveling on anytime soon? Yeah, I'm just about to uh, fuel up, and then I'll be uh, heading out of the way. Oh. Okay, okay. Uh, which ship is yours? Ah, uh, this beauty here. And he points to uh, actually like a pretty impressive looking ship. Mm-hmm. It's a very sleek sort of uh, design that looks like it was it was relatively new and crafted, you know, to be fast and speedy and maybe even was once, you know, in, in, involved in the racing circuit. Handsome ship. A handsome ship, friend. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cute, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's your trolley. I promise I won't stow away on your ship now. Goodbye. Oh, cool. Okay, bye. And, sure. and I would like to, of course, stow away on his ship. Very well. Um, in that case, I'm going to say uh, take a fitness check still because he's he's very attentive. Like, it's going to be quite tricky to sort of slip by oh, without him seeing. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I will try fitness. Okie dokie. Oh, that's a fail. I will attempt a re-roll. Oh, come on. Mm, that's a fail. You've only got five uh, dice left now in that determination yeah. pool. I'm keeping my five dice. I failed. Okay. In that case, you, you try to sneak on, and Captain Glenn's like, what, what are you still doing around here, Rook? Oh, it was just such a handsome ship. I thought, oh, I could travel on such a handsome ship. It's it's so beautiful. What if I was to, to travel with you as a, an entertainer or trolley pusher? Oh, I do have a lot of trolleys. Oh, I don't really have any money, though. Oh, that's fine. I don't need payment. I, um, I just need other smaller insects to consume or a giant moldy bread. Well, um... Okay, sure. Uh, I can feed you. It's nice to have company out in space. Wonderful. 
This sounds like it would be an excellent trip together. All right, cool. Uh, wh- wh- whereabouts do you need to go, friend? Well, I'm heading in a, a sort of... If the space map was laid out as a, as a regular two-dimensional map, I'm heading in a roughly south-easterly direction. Okay, uh, how many sectors are <laughs> uh, you thinking here? I'm going to have to... Did you say we were at 105? We're at 105, yeah. Oh, God, it was so nice hearing your actual voice, Tom. I forgot how creamy <laughs> it was. I know, I know. It's, it's delectable once yeah, you've... Yeah, we're, uh, we're at 105 here. I would like to attempt to jump to zero... 406. 0406. Okie dokie. So that's going to be one, two, three sectors, yeah? Yep, a three sector job. Okay then. Very, very difficult. Sure enough, you uh, you you shoot off on the ship and um, you're sitting there up in the front cockpit with Captain Glenn. He's cracked out a few beers and then suddenly like a red alarm starts flashing. Oh, suddenly shit. the communication scream comes up and you just see Trumpo's face and it goes, Captain Glenn, you have made off with one of my favourite ships. This ship isn't yours? Captain Glenn's oh. like, oh, jeez, I did forget to mention that I, the, the, the ship is technically stolen. Yeah, I, I did do that. I think I, think I hop up on the, the dash and I'm like, ta-da, it was me, Trumpo, a hilarious jest. Won't this be a story to tell? Oh, I'm so wacky. Okay, so what are you what are you attempting to do? Just like placate him with get, humor and let you let you fly away? Yeah, I think I think Trumpo is so into my into my sense of uh, into my sense of wackiness and humor. I think he he's just he's just he's he's gonna lap it up, lap up that good good uh, comedy sauce. Either. He's gonna be like that is that is wonderful. <laughs> Thanks for doing the sound effect for lapping <laughs> for me. Okay, yeah. then in that case you're gonna have to take a likability check. But remember, because you're moving yes. three sectors, you have to add three to your result. Okay, here we go. I've got this. I got this! That was a two! Oh, damn it. Okay, well done. For a you second, I thought that looked like a five, but it was a two. Sure Just enough, upside down. There's like this awkward minute as Captain Glenn's like, what on earth? And then sure enough, eventually, Trumpo's like, oh, <laughs> bug man. But you, you, you hid for a joke, and now you're here. That was very good, bug man. I like uh-huh, it very much. Me. Uh, are you coming back for the cruise now? We're heading off tomorrow. I'll be there as soon as I can. Oh, you are funny. Okay, I've sent the coordinates. I'll see you there tomorrow. Thanks, Trumpo. B- bye, See Bob you later, Man. old, old pal. Bye for now, friend. <laughs> you close the screen, bye. Captain Glenn's just like, that was incredible, <laughs> little bug guy. I know, I'm very, very charming. I'm an aspiring actor. Here, take this headshot. And you successfully head off into space. And which was the sector you've gone to again, Tom? Is it 0406? That's the one. Oh four. Very nice. You are only one, two, three hops away now, and sure enough, you uh, start to close in on this planet uh, Moiran. And there's a very thick, Beautiful. thick atmosphere that sort of clouds a lot of the uh, the surface of this planet. But you know, it to be um, most. It's a breathable atmosphere for your species. Um, there's lots of sort of stagnant acid pools on this planet um but it, it's definitely a little place but very little news comes out that the, the <sighs> native uh life forms there are very secretive and you uh you, you break through the atmosphere and um you can make out this sort of giant metal ziggurat that's been formed as like a, a sort of central landing platform in the city and um captain glenn sets down and uh, wishes you all the best before he heads back up Bye, Glenn. See you later. Uh, bye, Rook. It's been great having you with me, pal. Uh, thanks for this headshot, too. I'll, I'll stick it up to remember you, bye. Oh, thanks, pal. Oh, bye. And off he flies. <laughs> mm. you, uh, you, you head down. There's like some stairs leading down from the, the top of this ziggurat, and uh, you pass through some sort of sliding metal doors. Uh, but as you do so, you're met by just like essentially like a mantis police force who are like, hey, freeze, stick them up. Oh, no! I stick them up. <laughs> Where, where's your immigration permit? Mm. I pull out a headshot. <laughs> <laughs> Here, look. I'm a, I'm a free-travelling troubadour actor. I go where, where the, the entertainment calls me. Take a likability check. Okay. Oh, I failed, but it's such a good start. I'm going to determination to re Okay, okay. Down to the four dice now. 
Uh, I failed again, but it's such a good start. <laughs> I'm going to re-roll. I got it! Hooray! Eventually Three you dice. got it. And they say, we don't get many uh, travellers down here, Moiran. You're the first ship that's landed in about two years. But it would be nice to have some entertainment around the Citadel. We're going to have to check with uh, King Lycus that you're allowed, but uh seems like a plan. We'll get you an audience. Oh, yeah, great. I have previous jester experience. <laughs> <laughs> and in the back of his mind, he's like, I can leverage these opportunities for anything. By the time I arrive at Grandma, I'm going to be a jobbing actor. Your your cart is real, sort of the, the weaving um, labyrinthian holes of this sort of giant ziggurat. And as you do so, you can see from sort of little homes built into the walls, people peering out of these sort of mantis-like species, like, oh, there's a traveller. There's a traveller here. There's a traveller here. But you're sort of tightly... Um, stuck in this sort of marching group of the, the soldiers. The place is sort of lit by these sort of um, glaring fluorescent lights sort of built into the top of the corridors. And eventually you come to this very grand sort of golden uh, throne room built into what feels like roughly the, the centre from the way you've been walk- circling around inside uh, of the ziggurat. And sure enough, there's this uh, very old mantis. King Lycus, we've uh, got a traveller who's come down, says he's an entertainer of sorts. Mantis place sucks! What did you say, little bug? I mean, man, this place is great. <laughs> I, I, und- I understand the first bit, but you just changed the word completely at the end there. <laughs> no, you didn't hear a thing about, about that. I was trying to make a good goof. Take a likability like check to pass that off as a goof. <laughs> yeah, I succeeded. I got a four. That's a success for me because I'm so likeable. I'll let that one slide. Comedy is hard to come by in the walls of Moiran nowadays, for we are a species at war. With who? At war with a villainous tyrant from this galaxy who wishes to wipe out our kind. His name is Trumpo. Trumpo, Trumpo, (laughs) Trumpo. (laughs) Oh, oh, I've... hmm. Uh, I think I think after Zyma Rock goes back into his, his head, he's like, hmm, is it a good thing to say I have met this Trumpo and have many secrets of his, or is it better to, to play the ignorant card? Hmm. I will go with ignorant. Oh, Trumpo, I've never heard of this fellow. Just as you say that, your little, you have like a little hollow watch on your, on your wrist. And as you oh, say it, like a, a communication pops up and instantly opens up like a giant floating uh, face of Trumbo going, no, My no, beloved that's, servant, that's not Bugman. Oh, God. Oh, God. Bugman, where are you? Uh, uh, I've got my right hand over the, 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 like the, like the, the watch. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Hey, that, that, um, that guy's got Trumpo on his watch. He, he's a spy. A spy sent by Trumpo. Trumpo spy. Oh, fuck. They'll, they'll run. I'm just going to run like, for it. You start to run with like your tiny little bug legs. You're like it feels like a very dramatic sprint, but really all they see is just like little like as you make it like two meters away, and they just like step over and just pick you up. Oh, well, that was unfortunate and probably hilarious from an outside perspective, right? I turn around and do like a a kind of comedic like like shrug to the to the king. King Lycus just slams this sort of staff he has on the floor oh. and goes, No comedy. We have found you out, foul spy of Trumpo. And they go, Oh, Trumpo, Trumpo, Trumpo. He goes, You will be trialed the way that all treasonous creatures are on Moiran. In the Colosseum! Oh, God. Everyone starts to cheer. Yes, Colosseum, Colosseum. You are, you are carted off and thrown in a, a cell for the night. Is there anything you want to do while you're in this cell? Mmm. I guess I could try and mm, see if I can squeeze through the bars. Uh, there's no, there's like a sort of like a, a faint laser grid that's up. There are no bars here. It's just sort of like shimmering. Damn the future! <laughs> Damn these space technologies! <laughs> uh, um, hmm. I wonder if I can deactivate the laser grid with my hollow watch somehow. Okay, take a take a brains check to see if you can successfully like engineer a way to sort of hack through. Okay. That's a fail, but I will spend a determination. Okay. That is also a fail, but I will hold on to that dice, so I have two dice remaining. Two dice remaining. You you try to escape, but no joy. In fact, all you manage to do is just like burning out your watch, I reckon. 
Um, <gasps> but uh, you, you, you get some sort of rough sleep and eventually you're woken up by two guys. goes, the time's come, little spy of Trumpo. Time to face the Colosseum. You're carted down this long corridor and you can hear the sort of sounds of like a, an excited crowd coming from these like doors at the end and you're like terrified of what approaches you. And they kick it open and they pull you through and thrust you down on a chair and it's in darkness and suddenly these lights come up and there's a sound of like fiddles playing like and eventually like another chair comes across and there's tv cameras everywhere and there's a big mantis there with like uh, in like a, a suit with some papers in front of him, goes, hello and welcome to the Coliseum, uh, Munir's leading quiz show. I am uh, Beglamy Jackson, and our <laughs> contestant today is a Trumpo spy by the name of, what is your name, sorry? <laughs> My name is uh, Zyma Rook. Well, I'm Zyma Rook. a pleasure Rook. to meet you. Your competitor today, who will find you, the, uh, the champion who will be fighting for uh, the state of Moran, shall be... Uh, King Lycus himself, and the crowd just loses their mind as King Lycus comes in and sits down at a table opposite you. Good evening, beg me. Ha! Oh, I like us, my odds! Very well. And uh, as the crowd sits at land, goes, the, uh, as is the, the, the usual here, the uh, loser shall be put to death, and the winner crowned the King of Moiran. <laughs> this seems like a very foolish tradition, but okay. Kimon, King Lycus has won the last 12 games of Colosseum. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, I, I'm ready. Here is your start of a 10 on the buzzers, please. Okay. Which of the Junko's dongles can be best perforated? <laughs> to- eight. The answer is eight. Take a brains roll to see if you successfully got the answer. <laughs> Uh, that's a 10, so that means something really that's bad happens. I also forgot to mention this. I'm, I'm basically just going to I'm gonna squish this down to the whole thing. This is a deadly encounter. If you fail the quiz show... Oh, God. Get, so well, then, no, no matter what, like, something unexpectedly bad is going to happen. But you have to oh, re-roll God. some dice. Well, then I have to re-roll, right? <laughs> you do, otherwise you will fail. So well, then I'm left. down to my last dice. Wait, I thought you said you've only... Oh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You, you get got two one. dice left. You get yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is me spending my second dice. Yeah. Um, okay. Come on. The answer is eight. Positive thinking. That's a three. That's a match. I get it. Even even beats it. So you have one dice left. One die left. Uh, yeah, one die left. Um, sure enough, as the as the show goes through, you just keep buzzing and like the, the answers keep coming and like your natural performance comes out and you're getting laughs out of the crowd. You can feel the crowd sort of turn to joy. And even like Begley Jacksman seems like pretty impressed by your knowledge and your performance. And eventually you hear the dong of a large gong and they go well that's all we have time for the day on the Colosseum those final scores again it is here um, uh, Rook the Trump spy here on 132 <laughs> points and our loser today on 40 points is King Lycus King Lycus you are to be executed and King I'm Lycus sorry, is like Lycus. no no Beglamy the Trump spy he's cheated somehow check it ah! and he's carted off and the crowd cheers as he is beheaded live on television oh well, that was Moiran. so gruesome well as my first decree I propose that we end this ridiculous scheme by which I might be killed over a, over a a, uh, a television game show. The second thing is I'm taking the royal ship up into the sky for the first time in however many years. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, King Rook. And you can see everyone cheering. And as you're walking past, the little mantis is like, when I'm older, I want to be just like you, King Rook. Here, take this headshot, kid. I'll sign it. Oh, <laughs> you see his eyes at Wallaby's like to cry. And the mother's like, oh, thank you so much. Like, it means so much to him. No worries, everyone. Goodbye. Sure enough, you you hop up onto the royal ship. Uh, And where would you like to jump to? Well, at this point, I am just going to take the full three steps to try and get to 707, back home to Mimor. Sure thing, the three steps. Okay, along your way, the ship is fast. It is the finest ship in the entire Moiran fleet. And that also comes with its own entourage, sort of like protective ships as well on your way. Sure enough, like the scene cuts to like your grandma like lying in her death bread, a specially baked giant loaf of bread, which she lies, and like across the clouds, she's like, 
I, I see a fleet of ships. And your sisters are like, no, no, meanwhile, like your vision is just failing. Like, no, look. And sure enough, it looks up like, oh my God, as a Moira and Armada like starts coming into view. I have a massive speaker system that's like a, <laughs> that's like broadcasting all over Baran. <laughs> like with the big ships as they attend. We are not making war. It is me, Zilva Rook, returned to, to see my grandma. Um, <laughs> Your grandma's Please. like, oh, bless his heart. He's come to see me in my final days. Sure enough, I think the, the, the ship sets down and the, the landing bay opens up and you wheel out there. You're being carried like in your throne by your Kingsguard. Now, Kingsguard, I demand that you return and make war upon Trumpo. He is on planet 105. We will bring jungle. you his head, our liege. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, goodbye, then. Sure enough, the fleet disappears <laughs> off into the distance to continue making war. And uh, and yeah, I uh, I I, you I think did we it. we leave them in privacy as I close the door behind them and, uh, and, like, and you just hear a hi, Mima. Oh, <laughs> and, rook! And then the credits start to roll. Yay! Hooray! Tom, that was our that was our first ever game. What's the name of our of our spacefaring game? Mm, mm. It could be like. A riff on 80 days, like 80 sectors or something instead. That's good. That's good. Yeah, 80 sectors then. Well, that was our first game, Tom. What did you think of the game? How do you think it worked? How did it maybe not work? I really liked it. I, I really enjoyed liked it very it as well. much. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm wondering if anything didn't work at all. I No, I think once again, Tom, we have designed a perfect game. Yes, we are pretty brilliant. This is true. <sighs> Well, then I guess we'll leave it there for this episode of Head to Table. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'd like to thank also Call Me Malcolm uh, for letting us use their uh, music for our theme tune. Thank you very much for that. If you like what you heard, then please leave us a, a review on iTunes. to be very helpful or share it with your, your local D&D group or something. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tom Rawson. And I've been Tom Snowden. Thank you very much. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.